the Florida Gators offensive line is going to be quite different in 2023, but still going to be pretty dang solid. We're going to talk about that here today on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Monday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants, Country, NFL 33. If you have not yet signed up for Florida Victorious, Go to it if you want to. Go to Florida Victorious. Save 20% when you use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D. But now we are talking about these Florida Gators offensive line because last year it was pretty unanimously one of the biggest strengths of the entire team, let alone just the offense, Um, which is also the strength of the offense was the strength of the team because the defense sucked last year. But regardless... Um, I think that the Florida Gators offensive line, it's going to be solid. No matter, no matter what you look at, it's going to be solid. Most importantly, with me feeling pretty comfortable saying it's going to be solid, look at the coaching staff. I understand that it, it's really maybe annoying for me to go, oh, look at the coaching staff. Look at how good this coaching staff is. Look at how awesome these coaches are. But here's the thing. They're damn good. <laughs> like they're they're fantastic coaches on the offensive line, specifically Rob Sale and Darnell Stapleton. They are just consistently churning out solid talent. More so Rob Sale than Darnell Stapleton. Rob Sale's been doing it considerably longer. But I've and I've mentioned this before, like Rob Sale has consistently created the NFL talent from players that nobody thought were going to go to the NFL. Osiris Torrance, Max Mitchell, like Robert Hunt, DeMar Dotson, all these guys were like, yeah, you know, three-star. And typically, you don't look at a three-star and go, NFL-bound baby. But Rob Sale did that, and Darnell Stapleton has helped him do that now. And that's what I'm looking for, where I, I genuinely don't care what anyone says or what my own evaluation of the offensive linemen are, because I'm like, well, Rob Sale and Darnell Stapleton are better than I am. Like, it's the same way when I look at a DB. I don't have to go, oh, that DB's nice, because it doesn't matter what I think if Corey Raymond thinks he's good enough. I- I'm going to trust Corey Raymond's opinion over my own with DBs. And also just look at the scheme for the Gators, Okay. This wide zone blocking style, it's nice. (laughs) It is nice. And you can kind of help hide any deficiencies you might have on the offensive line. A little bit. Not obviously to an extent because if there's just a, a completely awful spot on the offensive line, it's going to be consistently exploited. But with that wide zone style, you put a lot of the control in the hands of the ball carrier, whether that's the receiver, running back, QB, whoever it is. 
you put a lot of the control in their hands and they get to make the play and they they get to make the decision it's not gap style really where it's like hey we're going between the, le- the center and the left guard no matter what no it's it's hey with this wide zone style we're creating like five rushing lanes i mean you could probably even expand that especially with tight end depending on where they're lined up we're creating a bunch of rushing lanes for you you decide where you go and that's the beauty really of the wide zone is that you can maximize the potential of everybody by if you have a great running back he's usually going to pick the right lane he's usually going to pick up yardage if you have a great o-line running back doesn't have to as frequently pick the right lane because there's so many to go it's not just the right lane you can maximize everybody with this and look who they're blocking for in the run game it's mostly going to be montreal johnson and trevor Etienne. damn good running backs i know that everybody loves trevor Etienne. i also love trevor Etienne. i will die on the hill that right now or, or at least based on 2022 film Montreal Johnson's the better overall back. Okay, I will die on that hill. I don't care. But just well-rounded, it's Montreal. So for me, Montreal's running back one still. And he's going to be until he's not. Because I think I think he's deserved that. I think he's earned that. You look at the offensive line, there's a ton of turnover on the line. Um, as you can see on the bottom here, I hope you enjoy if you're watching this on YouTube. I did a little ticker on the bottom. Like it's ESPN. There's probably a typo somewhere in there, but sue me for it i guess um but a lot of turnover but again with this coaching staff i trust them to be able to turn guys out into new spots and help them progress significant like especially when you look at the guys who were here last year and now they're back for a second season they've had over a year with rob sale and darnell stapleton they've had a year and a half at this point a little over that too so they've they've been able to make as much progress as they possibly can under these guys. So there's players that we're looking at and we're talking about. We're like, yeah, I'm not super sold on them, whether it's Richie Leonard, Riley Simons, whoever it is, where we can say, yeah, from what very little we've seen of these guys, not super sold, whether it's practice or game or spring game, whatever. But also... They've been working with these guys who are proven good offensive line, great offensive line developers. So they, they've they got the chance to step up and surprise us. But the Gators are going to be like, you yeah, know, we've known that about them. Like we've known they're good enough. And I think that's a big selling point for why this offensive line is going to still be pretty good. I think the offensive line is going to be worse from last year, but not by much. However, statistically they're going to look way worse than last year not due to their fault not due to anybody's fault really it's just how things are going to look statistically because graham mertz is going to get sacked more than anthony richardson is or more than anthony richardson did anthony richardson got pressured a good deal of times made an incredible play consistently to evade pressure, escape the pocket, extend the play, do all these things that Graham Mertz physically just cannot do. And I know when I say that, every time I get YouTube comments, Graham Mertz is actually pretty athletic, okay? Graham Mertz is pretty athletic. He could do that. Here's the thing. He can. He hasn't to this point, okay? 
Sure, maybe he could do it. He hasn't to this point. Don't be mad at me for telling you the stats, okay? And and telling you the facts. Graham Mertz is not good at is not as good as extending plays as Anthony Richardson. That's just a fact. That's why the offensive line is going to look worse because there's probably going to be a lot more sacks given up. Uh, we'll see the the volume of pressures they give up, and that'll be a better determining factor for was it the offensive line? Was it Graham Mertz just not being able to escape the pocket as well? What was the issue there? Because again, statistically, it's going to look worse. I'm just telling you that. Like, prepare yourself. We're more than a month out. Prepare yourself. Statistically, this offensive line is going to look worse than they did last year. Okay? So just, just be ready for that. But there are some returning pieces on this offensive line, and one of them I feel very confident in. But before I tell you about that, I do want to tell you about eBay Motors. Because for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. Same way when it comes to your vehicle, every part needs to fit just right. So the next time that you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage, look for the green check to know the part will fit, or if it doesn't, get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items apply. Exclusions apply. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And now, like I said, we're talking about a couple of the returning pieces. We'll talk about the new pieces later. But I did want to give a little bit of focus to the returning consistent contributors on the offensive line. Obviously, when you look at the roster, there's going to be quite a few offensive linemen who were here last year. I'm talking about the consistent contributors. That's Austin Barber and Kingsley Aguacan. Okay? Kingsley Aguacan, of course, is a starting center last year. He was a starting center the year before. He's going to be a three-year starter this season. There is a ton of pressure on him. I just want to make that one clear. Where I'm not even talking about play-wise. I just mean leadership-wise. There's going to be a lot of pressure on Kingsley. He's the most experienced guy. He's been here even when you look at Austin Barber, who everybody's like, oh, Austin Barber's the most talented offensive lineman on the team. Kingsley still needs to take control there because Kingsley is the only guy that started every game last year. So Kingsley Aguacan, there's a lot riding on, on his performance, which I think he could step up and handle the leadership part. That's not an issue for me. I'm just saying, preparing you, that he has to do that. Like, as the center, you're supposed to be in charge anyway. As a three-year starter... At center, you need to be commanding of that offensive line, especially when you look at all of the guys that are potentially going to be starting that were not here last year, the quarterback that was not here last year, like, and the fact that also that this team, they want to run the ball a lot and run the clock and kill the clock. You need to be a well-oiled machine to do that. So Kingsley has that pressure on him. I think Austin Barber is great right now as a college offensive tackle. I think he's great. I think he has the potential 
to be a legitimately elite college tackle, especially if he comes back for another year next year, which I'm only even mentioning that because last week when I interviewed Fletcher Westfall, when he joined Lock on Gators for the day, he was like, hey, yeah, like I'm only going to get to see Austin Barber for like a year, which is interesting because Fletcher Westfall, not going to be on campus this year. And then us next year. So maybe he's also just working under the assumption that, hey, he's going to come back, I'm assuming. I'm not assuming he's going to leave to the NFL. But if he does come back for 2024, Austin Barber truly is just chef's kiss, like elite of the elite. I think he can be with another year under Rob Sale and Darnell Stapleton. I also think that Austin Barber, will have to see him this year before we can really talk about Oh, he's going to the NFL this year. He like like he's going to be an early round pick because there's just not that kind of film on him over an extended period of time where we can really truly and accurately gauge that. Um, but again, I, I think he can be an elite college tackle. Uh, we'll see again with this year what he can be in the NFL or what what the opinion is of him in the NFL. We all also know, at least how I feel about Kingsley Iguakan. I want to make it clear, I don't hate him. I don't dislike him. There is nobody on that football team or or in the program or in the, in the athletic department, other than maybe one guy, um, that I dislike. I just, I don't think that Kingsley Walken is anything better than slightly above average on the field as a blocker. And even then... His consistent penalties, absolute killer. No other way around it. Over his two years as a starter, he was the most penalized power five offensive lineman in the country. That's bad. That Kentucky game in 2021, a lot of that rested on Kingsley Iguakin having a ton of false starts. And I understand that, yeah, Dan Mullen should have made adjustments sooner, Absolutely. But he had to make adjustments because Kingsley Walken couldn't handle the noise and, and couldn't handle that. And which I get noise. Yes. But also you play in the swamp and I understand there's different times, but still you have to be better than that. And Kingsley Walken this past year, still penalties that needs to get corrected as soon as possible, because this is going to be a Florida Gators offense that cannot deal with shooting themselves in the foot and cannot be hamstrung by the only three-year starter on the offense. That can't happen. So Kingsley Walken has to get it together this year. That's my issue with him. I think he's a fine blocker. But those penalties are an absolute killer. The Achilles heel here if he cannot get it down. They are also the only returners on the all-in that got consistent playing time. Kingsley Watkins is the only full-time starter. You're replacing a lot of talent, as you can see on the bottom of the screen. Like the Florida Gators are going to re be replacing. I'll read it right now. The Florida Gators will be replacing 2022 starters Richard Garage, who went to the NFL, Michael Tarquin, who went to USC, Osiris Torrance, who went to the NFL, and Ethan White, who transferred to USC initially and then pulled out of it, and it's to be determined what's going to go on with him. There's rumors about his health that he can't play football. The Gators are replacing 2,476 offensive snaps from offensive linemen from the 2022 season for this year. Granted, that part is including depth, but 
that's even only like one to 200 of those snaps. Okay. The Gators have a ton to replace. If Micah Mazuka is healthy, that's an elite guard spot that you've got filled because they brought in Osiris Torrance for 2022. He came in for his one year, was an All-American, second-round pick in the NFL, Buffalo Bill. Okay? So he's immediately in the championship picture also, which is pretty cool. He was the highest-rated guard on Pro Football Focus, but according to Pro Football Focus, last year, Osiris Torrance was the highest-rated guard in the country. Okay? Second highest-rated guard in the country was Micah Mazuka from Baylor. He's now a Florida Gator. So you replace the best guard in the country with the best returning guard in the country. If Micah Mazuka is healthy, that's an elite guard spot, and you immediately feel considerably, significantly better about the status of your offensive line here. Because you'd have Austin Barber at left tackle. You'd have Micah Mazuka likely playing left guard. And then you'd have Kingsley Iguakin at center. And you can at least feel pretty comfortable with, okay, those three spots, at the very least, pretty damn solid. Okay. Then you look at right tackle. Right tackle is likely going to be a battle between Damian George, who just transferred in from Alabama, and Lindell Hudson Jr., who transferred in from FIU also this past year. I believe Lindell was the was the spring cycle. Damian George was the winter. Um, Keonta Goodwin also transferred in, but from Kentucky. But Keonta Goodwin is leaving to go back to Kentucky. He is going to, uh, I believe it's Lexington is where he's from, would have been in the battle for starting right tackle. But he recently left the program because his mother, uh, I believe, got diagnosed with cancer. So best of luck to to her, wishing all the best. Um, but he moved closer to be closer to her. He was going to be in that. I, I know that I've seen it on Twitter, and I've, I've seen it a lot of times now where people are like, maybe he was just going to lose the battle. No. That's stupid. Read things before you just say garbage. Okay? Just, that's not something that should go into your head, especially when it's something you can read, and it's like, hey, there's a family health thing. This is the family health thing. That's what happened. Not just like, he's like, oh, something happened. Why? No. Okay? So Keontae Goodwin would be in that battle. Probably would have been the favorite, too, at right tackle. But he is no longer with the program. I think for me, the hardest part about looking at this offensive line is trying to put together who's going to start on the offensive line because there's just so many options and so many variables that go into it. Left tackle and center, you you know what you're getting. You're getting Austin Barber, Kingsley Iguakin. That's only 40% of the offensive line that you know what you're getting. Then you look at left guard, and it's Michael Mazuka if he's healthy. But if he's not, is it Richie Leonard, Riley Simons, uh, Jalen Farmer? Does Jake Slaughter bounce out? Is it Nigel Harris? Is it Rod Kearney? Does he go there? Like, what do you do at guard? Do you want to try Damian George at one of the guard spots and go, okay, Lindell Hudson, you're probably the starting right tackle? That, that's for me, that's the hardest part about actually piecing together this team is just that they're piecing together this offensive line is that there's so many variables because it's Austin Barber, Kingsley, Guacan, left tackle, center, right tackle, 
Damian George or Lindell Hudson Jr. are the most likely options. Uh, Jordan Herman's probably going to be in the competition as well. But genuinely, I like just to be honest, I don't think he's better than either Damian George or Lindell Hudson Jr. So I don't think that Jordan Herman's really going to be in that competition too much. So you have that. Let's say Damian George wins. He's your starting right tackle. No clue what you do with Lindell Hudson. He, I mean, he's obviously your backup. But no clue what you do because, like, I don't think he could play guard. If Lindell Hudson Jr. wins, even if he's not the better right tackle, maybe you do that and put Damian George at guard because that's something that that when Damian George came in, it was he's probably going to play either guard or tackle. Maybe Damian George plays guard, even if Micah Mazuka is healthy. Maybe Damian George is the right guard, Micah Mazuka is the left guard, and then you go. Then you have Austin Barber, Micah Mazuka, Kingsley Guacan. Damian George, and Lindell Hudson Jr. Maybe that's it. Maybe Mike Mazuka's not healthy, and it's Austin Barber, Nigel Harris, Kingsley Walken, Damian George, Keonta Goodwin, uh, Austin Barber, Richie Leonard, Riley Simons, Kingsley Walken. There's a ton of variables that go into this because you're not just banking on, oh, this is a battle that we're watching for. And whoever wins that is the starter. Whoever loses is the backup. So there's two combinations there. No, because this is, there's going to be a battle at right tackle. Whoever wins that's going to be the starter. Maybe the backup goes to guard. Maybe he doesn't. And then you look at, there's also, you're, you're kind of trying to project injuries at this point. We won't really get a feel for Micah Mizuka's health for another couple weeks, probably. There's just a ton of, not even projection, just we got no clue what's going on. And that's the most concerning part about the offensive line for me. It's just we don't really know who's going to take what spot or who's going to play where. That being said, I still do believe it's going to be pretty solid. Again, I'm confident in the scheme, the the coaching staff, the, the running backs behind them. I think they're still going to be solid. But there's a, there's a lot to project there, and again, not even project. Just try to randomly predict based on things that we don't really have the details for. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day, every day. We are available daily and free reviews in the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators. We might be talking quarterbacks tomorrow. We'll see about that. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with the whole nine sports, Giants Country, NFL 33, and I will see you all tomorrow.